What's good, family? Welcome to another episode of Jimmy Bond's Podcast right here on WPEB Radio 88.1 FM, 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia. What's good, family? What's good? What's good? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Here my boy, Tati Wadarama. What's good, bro? How you feeling? Oh, good in the neighborhood, JB. Live from the 215. Live from the 215. You know how we do. You know I can't forget my co-hosts. Love them. Special shout out to my girl, Lucy. I talked to Lucy last night time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Caught up with her, man. Definitely. <laughs> and we will probably be having another co-host soon, family. But tonight, I have a special guest with us tonight. A colleague, a friend of mine. So we're going to talk to her about some things. We'll talk to her about voting and, Im- and immigration and all that good stuff. But, you know, as we do, remember, you can call us with your comments or your questions at 215-472-0881. Again, it's 215-472-0881. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at jimmybondspodcast. On Twitter at Podcast Bonds, which is now X. I don't know what that means. But you can also, <laughs> <laughs> also join the Jimmy Bond Podcast Facebook group. Let's continue to open the dialogue. Moving right along, family. We are continuing our Every Voice, Every Vote series here project at WPEB, West Philly Voices. And I am honored to have a West Philly Voice here with us today to discuss this topic, voting and immigration. Now, as, as crazy as that sounds, some people be like, well, Immigrants can't vote, so why are you even having this conversation? Because we need to have this conversation. Because I think a lot of times we're, mis- we don't, we're misinformed, that's first, about what really the process is for voting for immigrants. Can immigrants even vote in certain places? People don't know that. Um, I'm going to drop something for on, on the family tie in a minute and let them know about some laws that were recently passed in certain cities that, that non-citizens can vote. Um, I don't think people knew that. So I thought this is something I wanted to talk about because I, it, it's just important. You know, you see immigration all over the freaking news. The conservative side is always talking about getting rid of the immigrants and putting up border walls and things of that nature. But I, I wanted to have a discussion that was more centered around what the immigrant experience is and why it's important for us to really acknowledge it and really support them wanting to vote at some point, you know what I mean. Voting is 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 a choice. It's not a it's not a mandatory thing. Some places right. voting is choice is, is not a choice. Some places you don't get to vote at all, but it's a choice. But I think that if that choice was presented to to, to people who really add value to our community, right. help our economy, take jobs that we don't want, I think they should have the right to vote. That's just my opinion. You know, I might that might that's probably not everybody's opinion, but that's mine. But move right along. Let me introduce our guest, our guest, Ty. <laughs> so glad she's here. She's here. She's here with us. Family, our guest is a colleague of mine, and I asked her to come on tonight to do this show with us. One, because she, she is an immigrant herself. She came in when she was 10. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. She came in when she was 10. And, um, you know, I call, I call her a quiet assassin because she is very quiet at work. She doesn't really bother anybody. She don't really she don't really say much. It's like, hey, how you doing? She talks, but then when you get down and really talk to her, you be like, this girl know her stuff. You know, <laughs> she knows what she talk about. So, Ruth, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Miss Ruth Jean Charles. <laughs> thank you for having me, Jay. Uh, listen, thank you for coming on. She she um she came to this this country at ten years old as an immigrant from Haiti. Yes. 
Um, shout out to my Haitian, my Haitian nation, because yes. I got some Haitian family as well. So <laughs> shout out to my Haitians. Um, she's actually a gra- graduate of Robert Liberton High School here yes. in West Philly. Mm-hmm. She got her associates at Delco. You know what I'm saying? Doing her thing, <laughs> Delaware Community College, and she got her bachelor's at Easton. So she is as much as West Philly as anybody else. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So so I, I know people who moved to Philly from maybe down south or somewhere else when they was 10 and did the exact same thing. She just came from another country. Right. So why is, she less, why, is, why is her experience less valuable or less not given the same franchise right. as someone else? Except you know what I'm saying? It it's not accepted, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Ruth... Thank you for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, you know, we're going to talk about this voting thing. Ty, go ahead, man. I, I talk a lot. Go ahead, go ahead and jump out there, boy. Well, Ms. Ruth, yes. uh, coming to this country, mm-hmm. what was it like for you at a very young age? Sure. Um, I think uh, my experience, um, although um, I don't think it's really unique, I think the first thing you experience when you come here is a cultural shock, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> it's mm. a difference of culture. Yes. And after a while, um, there's the like, language barrier, and you eventually get over all of that. And then you start getting you know, acquainted to the community. You start getting um, oriented. Um, for me, it was a little uh, less um, because I came here very young. And I came with, I migrated with my whole family. Mm-hmm. My, um, my father, he's been, you know, he was... Before we um, came, he's been, you know, a citizen in the country. Um, he migrated um, from Haiti to the U.S. back in the 80s. Mm. And it took him a while, but, you know, eventually he got his whole family to come. So my mother and, you know, um, five of our uh, my siblings, we all came together. So mm. we reunited. And I think that's a very um, important thing. Um, in the community talking about immig- immigrants, you can, know. Can you can you talk about that? Because, Todd, like, I, I love my kids, yes. mm-hmm. you know. And I, in my mind, I couldn't think to myself, let me go to another country, mm-hmm. get myself set up set up in this other country to bring my family here and be right. separated from, from them for, for that long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would go bananas. <laughs> I would be just, just bonkers because I'm like, I need my family here. I need to do this. But the sacrifices they make, Bro, like, some people wouldn't make that sacrifice time. Yeah, the mission. Yeah. Mission. Yeah, the mission. Mission, man. You're essentially starting over, which is what he had to do. Completely. I mean, he left a very lucrative job and to come here and start from scratch because he didn't speak the language and, you know, the opportunities were limited. Mm. But eventually, like, the goal for him was, okay, he was thinking about us, the next generation, mm-hmm. um, and which actually worked because when we came here, we thrived and um, we got it. Um, but it wasn't easy, but, you know, it's doable. And it's, that's the reality for millions and millions of immigrants. Ms. Ruth yeah. just touched on a few things that I was going to bring yeah, up. Yeah, go ahead, Ty. And that was the, uh, the challenges of yeah. immigrating to America. And yeah. she touched on two of them right off the bat, the language barrier, mm-hmm. because it's communication. Right. And also uh, the cultural differences. Right. You know, there's also uh, lack of employment opportunities, mm-hmm. housing, access to medical services. Right. Transportation issues, raising children, and prejudice. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. definitely yeah. prejudice. Yeah, you know. I mean, those those are those are topics. <laughs> those are those are people. Those are native topics, as I was saying. Yeah, people, too, people yeah. who. I mean, <laughs> listen. Look, for those, those challenges are the same as us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I say it the same way. Like, so if we're experiencing the same type of hardships right. mm-hmm. why are we allowed to vote and they're not right. you know mm-hmm. it, that's just that's just my opinion my bad Ruth. go ahead no no you're fine <laughs> <laughs> no um i mean uh, these topics they're very relevant and um it's still you know uh, very important to the uh f- to understand the immigrant um experience yeah 
Um, so, yeah, we can dive into them. I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time to really talk about all of them, yeah. but we can definitely touch a lot listen, of these points. Listen, we'll, we'll make time. time we're going to make time. You know, yeah, listen, we're going to make time. Yeah. You know, um, I, I always wanted to get, like, an honest opinion from a Haitian because, right. you know, you talk about thriving. Mm-hmm. The, the secretary, the press secretary of the White House is Haitian. Am I right? Am yes. I right? Yes, yeah, she is. What, what is her name? Jean. Oh my gosh! I just want press to secretary. It's and on I the tip of my tongue. I've, I I've watched her a million times on I MSNBC. Know. And I follow her. Too. You follow her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But listen, oh if you see her, uh, look, I'm I'm gonna look it up anyway. Yeah, please. <laughs> she, she's Haitian. She's amazing. It, no, she's yeah. absolutely amazing. And mm-hmm. I always feel like Haitians, Haitians, the Jamaicans. People talk always talk about Jamaicans, mm-hmm. but Haitians are some of the most brilliant people I know. One mm-hmm. of my one of my, my brothers, I call him my brother, I grew up mm-hmm. with him in high school. He okay. was Haitian. Okay. Hell, one, one of the greatest football players, soccer players I had ever played with. Mm-hmm. I mean, bomb, right? Went to, went to, got a scholarship and everything, played soccer in school, in, high, mm-hmm. in college, rather. Um, shout out to my boy, Reg. But when I, whenever I would, I would encounter him and his family, I always thought that, like, yo, they... How did they do this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, how did they? How did they come from like practically a whole different land, a whole different place of growing up, right. and just thrive in this manner? Mm-hmm. You know, and that no one talks about that kind of that kind of push. Yeah, the struggle. And, and the, the struggle, <laughs> and then and then I, w- I would say the struggle, and then the the reward of the struggle in right. the end. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, talk. How how is that? Is that part of like Haitian culture to be that way? To be that that determined? Um, yes, I, I, I really do believe that. And I'm, and I'm not saying this because I'm Haitian. Oh, you go biased. You're being biased. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I think in general, um, most, um, we can say that's true for most immigrants that come here. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you realize you're, you've, you're, you're far behind, you know. You are, like we just touched, there's the language barrier. Um, you're leaving everything behind. Mm-hmm. Even if you were to sell everything you have and bring it here, the currency is not the same, yeah, <laughs> right? Sure. So financially, you're behind. You know, you're behind in every sense. So you for have sure. to l- basically hit the ground running. <laughs> um, but uh, Corinne Jean Pierre is her name. Ah, yes, yes, yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 but it has, um, it's a mixture, it's like a potpourri. It, it's a mixture of um, African dialect. Mm. It has um, a little bit of Spanish in there mm. and a little bit of English as well. Mm. Yeah, and, it bec- and um, a lot of people don't know that Haitian Creole is actually an official language. It's been so ever since, um, um, I want to say the 1950s. Um, it has its own uh, vocabulary, grammar, and everything um, aside versus like other Creoles that are spoken throughout the Caribbean. Well, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. Uh, now I didn't know that. Ty, see, mm-hmm. yeah. dropping bars as, she, as yeah. they do, dropping bars. Yeah, and then another thing that people don't know, um, and we were just talking about that earlier. Um, I was at an event. Um, Haitians are Latinx, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, a lot of people don't know that yes. um, because um, when you're talking about Latina, Latino, you know, or Latinx, you know, the plural, um, the uh, legal term, really, um, you're referring to uh, a group of people that are in Latin America and that speaks a language that is um, derived from Latin. And um, the four languages that are derived from Latin, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and French. <laughs> and we share the island with um, DR. Yeah, Republic. so yes. you, you can be Latino, Latina, and not necessarily be Hispanic, because that's, Hispanic just means you speak Spanish. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, listen, I told you quite assassin on this job, boy. I told you, man. Listen, that's, that's fire right there. And, a, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. A, I didn't know, but. Be like that's this is what me and Ty love to do. We love to inform people about stuff that they don't, they don't know. So I'm sitting mm-hmm. here like, really? Because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people, you know, people have Haitian friends. You know, they have ha- Haitian heritage. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't know right. these things. They yeah. don't know that you know where Latinx. Like, yeah, yeah. they don't. Yeah. You don't think of Haiti when you think of Latinx. Am I right? right. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't mm-hmm. think about that at all. You, you right. think about Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the countries that are, of course, Southern right. Hemisphere, yeah. but yeah. but a lot of like you said, like you said, Hispanic countries. Right. You don't right. think about you don't think about Haiti, yeah. and Haiti definitely fit. Haiti shares a border with the Dominican right. Republic, <laughs> so how is it not a part and, of that? You know, yeah, what I mean? and a lot of people that live along um, along the border of you know DR and Haiti, they actually speak Spanish and they speak it very fluent. Mm. You know, as well. And then another thing that people don't, and even some Haitians sometimes they don't like to identify as Latina or Latino because there's this stigma that you know, because there's this, always this back and forth between DR and Haiti, and you know, and a lot of people just like, oh, we don't want that label, but um, what I try to um, educate people is um, we can't really just reject that because it's just like saying, um, and it's a very scary idea to say, oh, we don't want to be identified as Latino because we know generally Hispanic culture or whatever, they don't want to accept Haitians as Latina or wait, Latino. Wait. Is, that, is, that a, is, that a, is that a colorism thing, you think? Yeah, and also just because, you know, Haitians were, we have a stronger, I guess, African feature mm. as well. Yeah. So, uh, and, but the thing is, when you're talking about um, uh, ethnicity, yeah. you're, you're talking about location, you're talking about culture, um, you're talking about, um, you know, uh, what geolocation, you're talking about culture, you're talking about language. Um, in the Latina, Latina X um, community, there's over 400 languages that are spoken. So Spanish is not the only one. So saying, oh, I don't want to be identified as that. I'm good. I'm just Haitian. Right? It's like you're denying your, your geolocation. You, you, just because somebody don't like you, that doesn't take away where you at, currently reside. Th- that's what I'm saying. So we have a right to that title yeah. just as anyone else. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Ty. Yeah. I'm learning. Right now. Yo, listen. <laughs> She's dropping these bars over here. <laughs> We we call dropping bars dropping knowledge. Yeah. You know that's what we call it. So yeah. you over here dropping some knowledge in that. Right. Listen, I'm. I'm it's just like somebody try to de- deny an African American um, their American you know side. Yeah. Like if you guys, African Americans have been in the United States for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And yeah, most African Americans did not come here willingly. Yeah. But you cannot say, oh well, I'm not going to be American. I'm just going to be you know black or yeah. African. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you, we have a right to this land just as they do. Mm. And we have a right to that title, mm. you know. So, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Thank, thank. She yeah. tied. 
dropping bars. Listen, I'm, I, I'm trying to go through my questions, but I'm sitting here Shit. listening. I'm trying to go through my questions, Sorry. but I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, yo, you know what I'm gonna do? We gonna we gonna hit we gonna hit voting on the next segment. We are gonna have a whole yeah. segment of voting voting because right now I'm sitting here learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so let's stay on that subject. So, mm-hmm. what what are, what were some of the things your parents did to mm-hmm. make sure that you weren't quote unquote too Americanized? Okay, um, I don't think we focused on that. It's just we just be at home. We we speak Creole, yeah, and you know our food. Uh, you know, you just live, right? <laughs> I don't think um, my parents per se. I don't know about for other people, but our experience, we just we just continued living. You know, um, and I think we also we were excited to 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 experience the American culture as well. Got you. So I don't think we came, you know, saying, oh, no, we're not going to change. We, we I mean, because some people, some people, mm-hmm. some people's parents, I mean, I've learned this particularly with some of my African brethren, um, their parents get on them about becoming too American or picking mm-hmm. up American values or um, living what, what the, quote, unquote, the American way, you know, they, mm-hmm. and not preserving the, the culture they come from. Okay. Um, that was really why I asked the question because I, I mm-hmm. find that to be sometimes within immigrant families, you mm-hmm. have that kind of back and forth. Um, for my parents, what I would say was um, that they did, they were very vocal mm. about us being very um, studious about our schoolwork, mm. you know, okay. coming here and taking full, um, full opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, and yeah. just not play around and because there are others that we left back home that don't have that opportunity. Yeah. They really, you know, stress that and just, yeah, you can have friends, but, you know, you're not here to make friends, right? You know, Haitians, in, in, in the Haitian community, there's some, if there's any Haitian listening, they're going to, you know, resonate with this. There are three L's you need to know in the Haitian um, community, right? What's that? What's that? doesn't matter your religion or whatever. L'école, l'église, l'acai. L'école, church, l'église, I mean, sorry, l'école, um, uh, school, yeah. l'église, church, l'acai, home. <laughs> three places, three L's. Is, is it is it l'école or école? L'école. L'école. Yeah, it's school. Mm-hmm. School, right? L'église. L apostrophe E-C-O-L-E? L. No, L apostrophe E-C-O-L. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what it is in French. Yeah, l'école, yes. L'école. L'acai. I don't speak a lot of French. L'acai, you know, L-A-K-A-Y. You can spell it that way. That's church. That's home, l'acai. That's home, l'acai is home. And l'église, which is close. You can hear the église. Yeah, it's church. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. And I guess Asians are like, yeah, that's right. That's all we need. I mean, you, but you said something that was that was like that kind of hit home in a sense. Mm-hmm. First of all, you said you know your parents were like, hey, you don't need no friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tell my daughter that right now, yeah. she'd be like, yeah, my friends. Like, look, look, you don't need no friends, okay? <laughs> Them friends gonna get you in trouble. Don't worry about the friends. Yeah, they will. Not, you see that, but that value itself is the same thing I have on it. It's mm-hmm. not. It, it's 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 a focus value, mm-hmm. and it's about getting everything that you need in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, getting that stru- that structure, that foundation. Because what she said was, mm-hmm. her parents were like, we had people that we had to leave behind. Mm-hmm. So don't mess up this opportunity. Right. Right? Ty, is that not the same thing that, that we have right now? Yeah. I mean, in, in, in any, um, almost every black household, there's opportunities that are there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just that some of us don't take advantage of it. It's true. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? How is it that, that somebody from, from another nation can come here, do, go to the same schools, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go to the exact same schools we, that are accessible to us, mm-hmm. but we don't 
seem to take advantage of it the same way they do. They have a mission statement and purpose. Listen, bro. <laughs> Listen, mission statement like a nonprofit. Yeah. You hear me? Like they come over and, and they they get they they are like, hey, let's My get it. My purpose here is this. Is this? Yes. The three L's. <laughs> the three L's. You know <laughs> <laughs> Blindness. You know, tunnel vision. But I mean, you, you gotta love it though. You yes. gotta love it. Um, it, it just. I always find it real interesting. So, yeah. with and I guess ahead, no, I'm sorry. No, the fine. one thing I'm going to add you're is, um, of course, we stayed very active in the Haitian community mm-hmm. and, uh, through church. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that, um, especially I. I didn't. Okay, so I didn't don't know that myself when I. She's stealing my thunder. No, when I when I first came here and people would you know I would tell people I was very proud to tell people I was Haitian, but mm-hmm. I didn't know this when we came here when um, um my siblings and I there was already this stigma about being Haitian, so a lot of Haitians wouldn't tell people they were Haitians. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when I would tell people I'm Haitian, the first thing they'll ask me is, "Do you know voodoo?" <laughs> but what they don't know is <laughs> you talk like, about small minds a right? majority of Haitians are like really like 100% Christians yeah. you know and yeah. we are very very much tied to our Christian um, uh, you know the, the community you yeah. know our church yeah. so that's where the illegalies part comes in you but, know but you took you yeah. know I, I, I'm, I'm going this is a segue but I'm going to uh-huh. switch real quick because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about this right Particularly with the Haitian culture being so devout to, mm-hmm. to the Christian faith. Right. Um, I remember we had a conversation, mm-hmm. and you were talking about an experience you had in the past. Right. And I remember you telling me you were a first lady mm-hmm. at That's one true. point. Yeah. How, how, how did that kind of like, how do, how do you put this? You know how like the, the burden of honoring God, mm-hmm. right? But also being a person mm-hmm. and being an individual, how did what kind of challenges were that for you? Like, how did that make you feel in terms of just, you know, I'm I'm a devout to my faith, mm-hmm. but I also, you know, because of my culture, but I also need to be who I am as well. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. in my mom's a pastor, or she was a pastor, God rest her soul. Okay. So I remember how devout you could be to certain situations. Mm-hmm. I always struggled with trying to figure out where I fit in. You know, my mom wanted me to go to church every day. I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you, when you coming from the, your life as a child, learning that with church, and then becoming an adult, how did you, how did, I mean, that's a cultural thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you juggle that, being an individual as well as being, you know, being devout to your faith? Yeah, I don't think you think about it much. Especially, um, uh, I was born in the church that I was uh, that I belonged to. Got you. Up until I, I was twenty nine years old. Okay. You know, so that's all I I knew. I didn't know anything different. I grew up, you know, my mom dragging us to church, and when we came here, we were in the same um, uh, religion, um, but it was a little bit more t- intense than back home. Mm. Yeah, I was in church like six to seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> And um, just a correction, I I wasn't really first lady. I was like uh, the the wife of a young pastor. Yeah. So like, you so, so you weren't first a pa- lady, but he, you were yeah, pastor's he, wife. He was a youth pastor, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But you were a pastor's yeah. wife, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And you know, it's intense. You know, and sometimes you'd lose yourself. You know, because yeah. you're very devoted, and especially if we were spending that much time in church, yes. like physically in church. Yes. Um, um, but it actually, my experience wasn't all bad. You know, because oh, you no. you do it gave you a sense of family outside of your family, um, and for. 
for a long time, my whole family was part of that, you know, um, church. Um, so you, there's a huge connection. It's actually very hard to break away from it. You know. No, that's real, yeah. and, and not that to say that it was it was bad. You're, you're, you know, you right. had a bad experience being yeah. being a pastor's wife. I'm yeah. I'm more I'm more looking at a time of being like, I remember I dated a girl at church, and she was on the choir, mm-hmm. and she we've been spending five days at church. This day, this day, this day, this day. Mm-hmm. This is when I was older, mm-hmm. even coming from spending all that time in church with my mom. Mm-hmm. I, at one point, I just was like, yo, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I just can't. Right. I mean, it's it's in my culture. But mm-hmm. I just was, I just can't do this no more, right. you know? And, and it just, it made me feel like, like you said, like I lost myself. Yeah. Like I didn't know who I was. Because you identify with them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm still, I'm still devout. I would tell you, I'm, I'm still devout. Pray every day. Right. Still read my Bible. My kids, <laughs> my kids still, you know, that's, that's still something I do, mm-hmm. but I do it on a different level. And I know that's a segue. We kind of sidebar. Right. But I, when we had that conversation, I just thought it was so interesting because, mm-hmm. Like I've had those, I've had challenges like that. You know okay. what I mean? Not ch- not same challenges you did, mm-hmm. but just similar challenges trying to navigate. Yo, who am I? Right. You know what I mean? There's this period of discovery. Yes. Who am I outside of this community? Yes. Who am I outside of all the titles that yes, I have? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And 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 really just get down to it. I I I brought that up. Like I said, it's a little little sidebar, but I just thought mm-hmm. it was int- like it just hit home because. A lot of people who go through the same things, right? You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. spend days on end in church, yeah, because they feel like that's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. But in in some aspects, God may want you doing other things outside of church, right? And you know, I always felt like it was more important to reach the people outside than to reach the people inside. That's right. just my view. Mm-hmm. That's not everybody's view. Yeah, um, that's what I believe now. Just different demographics, different different mediums, as I say, <laughs> to try to reach them in a different manner, but. It, it just, it just, I just, you know, I can relate to that very much. So I thought it was dope. I just thought it was <laughs> you dope. You mentioned thing. church was more intense here than it was. Yeah. I mean, we were always in the same religion. Okay. But our experience when we came here, um, the services were more frequent. Mm-hmm. We were, um, and, I, and I guess it, the community was, you needed the community more. Because we had a lot of people that kept, you know, coming in, yeah. that kept migrating. In. But it's the basis, to, though. Yeah. It's, it's really the basis. So we became time. closer. Yeah. 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 Back home, like, we went to church. Like, you know, yeah, we went to church maybe two, three times a week. But when we came here, the services were more intense. The, the fellowship was more intense. Mm. And, you know, we needed each other more, you know. Love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can I can understand it completely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, you would. You do need each other more. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No. Th- thanks for thanks for segueing that. Cause <laughs> sure. I was like, yo, like, well, I gotta ask for this, man. Cause <laughs> I be going through it. Ty, go ahead. My bad, bro. Um. One of the things that you talked about were the differences between your homeland and here. Right. My thing is, because I'm a cook, so my thing is the food. What was the food like back home compared to what you have here? And do you have, like, those options here in America that you okay. have back at home? Sure. So when we first came, of course, like I said, we we were excited. We wanted to, you know, um, try everything, try all the food, and especially the junk food. <laughs> but then <laughs> after a while, you're like, oh, my gosh, I want some Haitian food, <laughs> you know. And so, but my mom, she'd always cook. 
you know, she's till this day, she, you know, you bring her to a restaurant, she's never impressed. <laughs> <laughs> that's gangster. I like that. I she's like never that. impressed. You know, her cooking is always best. I um, like that. Always good. And, it, and it, you know, I do still crave my mom's food, you yeah. know, especially if I'm not feeling well. I'll call her up right now. <laughs> she's good. Um, but, yeah, um, the difference, I mean, yeah, I still enjoy, you know, American cuisine and stuff like that, um, especially for us it was um it for me it was it was interesting to see how african americans cook that right. it can be similar to some of the things that we do really yeah um some of the um cuisines i, I should say that we have in our culture yeah. but um haitian cuisine what's interesting about it is it's a mixture as you can imagine just like the language is a mixture of african um food um uh and with a heavy uh, hand of ha- uh, french cooking so it's very, it's very yeah. flavorful, but it's also very fancy sometimes, gotcha. you know. Gotcha. Yeah, it can be everything in between as well. And Haitian food, you cannot cook Haitian food without cooking it with love. It's very time-consuming. Okay. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with That's, Haitian food. I, I was just about to ask you. I, I, yeah. they name some Haitian dishes. Yeah. I want to I be able to be like, I, I want to try yes, this. Yes, legumes, griot, um, rice. We're very big on rice. You know, yeah. white rice, um, uh, uh, rice with uh, with beans Bean. or peas. Yeah. Um, and it's very similar to Jamaican cuisine. Yeah. But there are, uh, again, I think the, the big difference is the preparation. Gotcha. How we prepare our food. Gotcha. Yeah, that's very important that, to us. That's C-time. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. where, where, where Where's a good Haitian restaurant like in, in Philly? Oh, my goodness. Um, R&M um, on Haverford. Um, then R&M. there are a few other um, places in North Philadelphia. But honestly, um, if you really want some really good Haitian food, either you go up to New York ah. <laughs> or you go to Florida you, you make or, or trip. like Miami. You make yeah. Trip. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what yeah. I Or you, you connect with a good Haitian friend, right? Yeah, yeah no doubt. No. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing about Haitian food is um, not only, okay, it's very flavorful and it's a mixture of different, um, and we also have like Indian Tahino um, 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 uh, influences too, yeah, really? because you know we were all like all on the island together, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but our food sometimes express um, a lot of the things in our culture. Like for example, um, if I'm not sure if your friend ever introduced you to um, uh, this very important soup that we make every first of January. What's it called? It's soup jumu. Soup jumu. Yeah, soup jumu. Um, so basically. We cook, first of all, January first is when we basically kind of like uh, uh, declared, and we 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 drove away all of the you know colonizers off of you know the island, and we started our independence basically. So um, one of the things that we weren't allowed to eat as slaves were anything that was orange, anything that was red, or anything that was yellow. Um, they just figured it was too good. For you know, black people to consume, so and they will make us make the soup for them. Which was what it's made with. I, I don't want to say it's squash because it's not really. It doesn't translate to squash, but that's the closest I could get to. Yeah. But it's made with like um, the jumur. The jumur is like almost, almost kind of like a squash or a pumpkin. And so after we drove them off the island and we got our independence, so one of the signs to show them that we are just as equal as you and we are free, we. You know, everyone made soup jumu. 
Mm. So we still do it every 1st January. Uh. Everyone. And, you know, in the community, like, even though, like, okay, I will make mine, my mom will make mine, and we'll just swap. We'll just send it off to each other. It's just like a, a, wow. a tradition that we've been doing since, you know, we've gained our independence. Declaration of independence. Yes, yeah. At 18 what? When was it? 1803. 1803. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how you feel about this? I'm, I'm getting a lesson in, in Haitian <laughs> culture. Wonderful. I, I, probably yeah. couldn't, I probably couldn't go find a place to pay yeah. for it. Yeah. Like this is this is one yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. And listen, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, Ty, because she right. she done she done dropped some bars, she done dropped some knowledge. I need to stop talking so she can talk more because she has some stuff to say. <laughs> 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 well, family, listen, we're gonna come right back. You listen to Jimmy Bond's podcast right here on WPEB Radio, eighty eight point one FM, ninety five point one FM, West Philadelphia. This is T. Wadarama with your public service announcement. Neighborhood Bike Works. Neighborhood Bike Works inspires youth and strengthens Philadelphia communities by providing equitable access to bicycling and bike repair through education, recreation, leadership, and career building opportunities. They teach youth and adults in underserved communities how to fix bikes, get bikes, and explore new places on bikes. To learn more about youth and adult programs, volunteer opportunities, summer camp, and bikes for neighbors, visit www.neighborhoodbikeworks.org. Neighborhood Bike Works is located at 3939 Lancaster Avenue. This has been a public service announcement from 88.1 WPEB, West Philadelphia's Community Radio. And welcome back, WPEB Radio 88.1 FM, 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia. We are here discussing again, every voice, every vote, here with our, our guest, Ms. Ruth Jean-Charles. <laughs> Family, she over here dropping bars about Haitian culture <laughs> in the country of Haiti and how she's doing it. They're like, y'all, her first segment was vicious because it's so much that she talked about that I had no clue about. I think people think about Haitians and they just think one thing, but there's so much more to dive into with the culture mm-hmm. and understanding of it. Um, I always I always thought it was crazy how Dominican Republic and Haiti are right next to each other on the same island. Mm-hmm. But yet two different <laughs> two different um two different languages, worlds. two yeah. different worlds <laughs> altogether. I just I just find it to be so interesting. Um mm-hmm. you know, people always be I'm going to the DR. Mm-hmm. But I don't hear people being like, yo, I'm going to Haiti. Mm-hmm. And it's the same island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. the same island. Hispaniola. That's the name of the whole island. Hispaniola, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the same island. So I guess yeah. they gave half an island to France, and, mm-hmm. and the other half stayed, stayed Spanish. Well, yeah. So Haiti, um, well, uh, there was a point in time where the whole island, it was just like uh, uh, the Spaniards were the first to get there. And gotcha. then the French, you know, then they got on that, the side that is now Haiti. And, you know, of course, they were a little fight with the borders. Back but then forth. eventually we have what we have today. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's real interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I want to talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. Talk about this voting, this voting aspect, voting immigration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because people, you know, people have such a, it's such a hot topic. You see the politicians mm-hmm. use it as a hot topic. Mm-hmm. But people don't know that in places like you, you, you brought up New York before. Mm-hmm. New York recently passed a law mm-hmm. that allows non-citizens to vote in local elections. Okay. People don't know that. Mm. The city of New yeah. York. So if I'm a non-citizen, the mm. requirements are I have to be in this country, uh, I have to be a legal legal resident of mm-hmm. the U.S., legal status, and I have, I've had to live in New York for 30 days. 
Mm-hmm. So as long as I, I hit the fit those qualifications, I can vote for mayor. I can mm-hmm. vote for attorney general. Mm-hmm. I can vote for judges. I can vote for all those things that are on the ticket in New York City. Mm-hmm. Do you think something like that should happen in a metropolis of immigrants such as Philadelphia? Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why would she say no, right? Why would I Why would she right, say no? Yeah. I mean, do, do, do you feel like that's something that people should should start focusing on? Because... When this law passed, none of the politicians, none of the big names, none of the mm-hmm. Congress people, the Senate, nobody on the federal level mentioned this particular law passing in New York City. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, like, well, why don't we do this in Philly then? Right. You know, there's, there, are, there are a number of immigrants in Philly, so should we pass that law? I, I believe so. But, you know, there's always have to be a first, you know, when there's something that be, that's being implemented. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on when you uh, you mentioned earlier on um, when we began um, the program is that uh, are immigrants allowed to vote? Yeah. Right. Um, yes and no. Yes. <laughs> it exactly. all depends on your status. Exactly. You, you can be an immigrant um, and be a, a, a naturalized citizen. Right, and so then now you can vote, mm-hmm. right? But if you are if you're if you're not a citizen yet, then you, you know you don't have a citizenship, then you cannot vote. See, but that's yeah. that's a clarification that's needed. Yeah, um, people, you know, not they say non-citizens. That that that's key, yeah. non-citizens. Yeah. you can be naturalized and still right. be an immigrant. Yeah. So that that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. If I'm naturalized, then yes, I can vote. I have complete rights of every, right. as everyone else. Exactly. So that that's something that needs to be highlighted because that's that's n- it's. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really on a case-by-case basis, as they would say, right? <laughs> I hate that. But it's really on a case-by-case basis. And I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. there are – our issues, as I was saying before, the same issues that Todd was bringing up are the mm-hmm. same issues that we face, mm-hmm. even as not immigrants. Mm-hmm. So that means people who are immigrants are facing these things. We're facing these things. So we all should have a right to be able right. to make a change yeah. if needed. Um, and I don't think that – I don't think politicians go after naturalized citizens, I think they, they look at naturalized citizens as immigrants, so they don't belong here. You know what I mean? Not all politicians, but, you know, a good amount of conservative politicians feel like that, right. that immigrants don't belong here. Mm. But if they're naturalized, they're, they're legally here. Mm-hmm. So what are you saying? You know what I mean? What, what are you trying to uh, uh, articulate? I think that most people, I'm, I'm, a, I'm of the belief that if you, got, if you came to this country and you're making a way for yourself, mm-hmm. you're contributing to the society, right. why not? You're paying taxes. You're paying taxes. <laughs> if you pay, because no you matter pay, your status, listen, you're paying taxes. If, you, listen, <laughs> we, if we paying taxes, we should be able to right. vote, yeah. right, right or wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that—that's my opinion. As simple as that might sound, there's often things that come in between because then everybody starts talking about. Well, that means that they're going to have access to this, so they're going to have access to that. Yes, they are because they should. Right, and I mean, for the longest time, even illegal immigrants have access to certain benefits, yes. certain things. So Yes. <laughs> so, so what's the problem? Right. You know, so. I, I mean, I honestly think that, that immigration becomes a hot topic around election season. Right. But for headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, not for open dialogue and conversation, but for headlines. I think when Obama was in office, everybody remember the Dreamers mm-hmm. and how the Dreamer, that, mm-hmm. that bill, they were trying to pass mm-hmm. that bill mm-hmm. um, that didn't get passed mm-hmm. because some conservatives thought that it wasn't, viable it wasn't a good thing it was against the constitution but if these people are here in this country Mm -hmm. and they've been here for 10 years and they have a family and they started Mm -hmm. it all 
yes, they should be able to vote and stay yeah. and live. Yeah, and I think it's a mistake to count out immigrants because in um, when you're looking at immigrants in the United States right now, 50% of immigrants are legally allowed to vote. They have the right status mm-hmm. to vote. So to discount them or to count them out, it's a major mistake. What's, what's the percentage? <laughs> what is the 50%. percentage? Fifty percent. Did you do your research yeah. for you? Yeah, came I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, one out of every ten voters are immigrants. You know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good ten percent. <laughs> it mm. might sound small, but you know, right. it yeah. does add up. Yeah. yeah. No, she she did yeah. her research time. Yeah. So you she know, did she did to put up. us aside is I think it's a mistake. <laughs> So what else you know about the <laughs> <laughs> What else you know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like yo. Yeah. So 50%. Yeah. 50% of immigrants are legally here. Yeah. And they should they, 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 able to vote. they have the right status to vote. Yeah. Mm, it God. takes a while. Um, you know, there are different. I'm not sure if you if we want to go into that detail. As uh, let's do like it. No, let's do it. The status of immigrants, right? You, you can either come here. Of course. Okay. Then we have the illegal immigrants, right? right. Then we have, you know, people that migrate here on visas. Right. right. Either, temporary. Uh, right. Temporary statuses or um, temp- temporary protective statuses, which started, I think, with Obama, um, TPS. Okay. Right. So, um, and then you have your uh, uh, legal residents, what you will hear people say back in the day, green card. Right. 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 Your, per- your permanent Permanent residents. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you have your, you know, the immigrants who then becomes a, a citizen. Right. And some people come and they come with just a full status of, of being a permanent resident, mm-hmm. which was my case. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people, they go through all the steps we just went through. Right. Yeah. First, they come, you know, um, on a temporary status with a visa and then they change their status because with the visa, you can go back and forth. Yeah. And then you go through a process to if you want to stay here and, you know, become a permanent Resident, and mm-hmm. then I believe from um, you have to live here for I think three to four. Well, if I'm not mistaken, it's three five years, years. Three, three to years? five years. Yeah, yeah, and then you can apply for your citizenship. Mm. Yeah, I think I read it was five. I think right. it's, think it's yeah. five. You have to live here Maybe for five, five, and then you can yeah. apply for citizenship. Completely. Right. Yeah. Um, they put you through the naturalization process. Yes. I pulled up some stats. As of 2020, uh-huh. there were over 25 million non-citizens living in America. Right. 12 million permanent, 2 million temporary, 11 million without legal permission. Right. Mm. You know. Yeah. But that's that's out of a country of 332 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a small portion mm-hmm. of 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 the <laughs> the people that are in this country. Mm-hmm. But again, they make such a big deal about it during election season. They go nuts about it during election season. <laughs> no immigrants. We need to build a wall. We need to do this and do that. I don't like get these immigrants out of here. I I I despise it because this country is made up of immigrants. Right. Exactly. This, this is this is the this should be United States of immigrants. Yeah. That's we what it should be. We all came here at some we point. We all came here from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Unless you unless you're born native to the land. Right. We all came here from something else. Yeah. You know, most most of us. I mean, Ty, if I let you go into your you know your diatribe. Yeah, no, no, no. No, I know. I, I know. <laughs> and the Ty, like, wait a minute, bro. I'm good. You sure? Yeah, time, time <laughs> to please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we we've all had these these um we all have come here from different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you read someone's last name, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I sometimes at work I can read someone's last name and be like, 
Yeah, that's a German last name. Right. Yeah. Or that's a that's a Dutch last name, or that's a Scandinavian last yeah. name. Unless they change it to be more Americanized. And most of them, <laughs> most of them have been changed. Yeah. When you talk when you talk to them, they be like, "Yeah, my dad, my my dad's granddad changed it so it could be right. more Americanized." Exactly. Yeah. So it, <laughs> but these 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 generations of people mm-hmm. were able to become citizens. Right. You know, from previous generations, mm-hmm. but the, now the people who are generational people. Or like no, we have to get rid of the immigrants. Like no, bro, your granddad immigrated here. Like, yeah. so if your granddad immigrated here, why can't mm-hmm. these people do the same? Right. I always find that it's a very, it it. They pick and choose who they want to say right. are immigrants, you know, or people that need to leave. It's never people that don't that that <laughs> that don't look like us. It's people mm-hmm. that that look like us are the ones that are like, hey, we need to get you guys out of here. Mm-hmm. But it's the other people that they like, oh, no, it's okay. Welcome to America. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, and just speaking on that, mm-hmm. what, I mean, personally, how you feel about some of the, the things you've seen, particularly on the southern border, mm-hmm. to what, like, some, like what they did to some of the Haitian people down there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, what, what was that, Ty, two years ago? Yeah. Maybe it was yeah, two years ago. They made they made them go back. They were they, had, they were on horses like they were right. chasing slaves. Like yeah. I mean, the epitome of what in the world is going on. Yeah. Like how? I mean, it was graphic. <laughs> extremely graphic. Yeah. And you know, I felt for them because I just felt for them. I see these people. They look like me, and I'm like, yo, right. this is not great. But as a Haitian, right. how did you feel about? Oh, that? it was very heartbreaking. It was very heartbreaking. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm all about you know. I think you know. Everyone should migrate here legally, yeah, right? For sure. Um, and every country should protect their borders. For sure. But um, what people don't understand when they saw that on the news, they didn't understand the backstory. Like, why was, first of all, so many people trying to migrate? It was like a mass migration. Yeah. And what was happening in the background was um, the previous administration that was there then, they were making a lot of changes in uh, the USCIS process, how mm. to legally migrate here. So basically, that process was being squeezed at the neck. It was. And so people were like, forget it. I, I, I'm not waiting. Because, like, for example, our, my, like I said, my father, he came here back in the 80s. He waited the purity. He had to, you know, wait, and he became a citizen. He did everything legally, and he, and he sponsored six children and his wife. I mean, mm-hmm. you need, like, to work hard yeah. to do that. Yeah, they want, you have to they, show the financial exactly. and everything they for it, see that, that money. you can support that family. How much money you got? They're not going to come here and be on <laughs> public assistance. Exactly. And he did that. Like, exactly. I mean, you can, he, whenever he talks about this, like family dinners, that's one of the things he's always talking about. <laughs> but, but but aren't they always, aren't people always being like, well, they're going to take all of our, they take the public assistance, they do such right, and such. No, like, no, he did not do any of that. <laughs> because, you know, uh, and that's another thing too, there's this stigma in the community and it, Again, with the previous administration, it became even more vivid. I knew people that were so afraid that, you know, that um, taking any type of assistance would, you know, mess their chances of becoming yeah, a citizen. Would trigger something. Like yeah. even unemployment. They yeah. qualified for unemployment, but they were afraid mm. because the previous administration was like, if you are on any type of assistance, we're, we're going to shut deport it down you. for yeah. you. Wow. So anyway, but, you know, he was very proud. Uh, he, he still talks about it. So going back to what we're talking about which was the people at the, you know, southern border. Um, so what was happening was, you know, applications to uh, that you put through the system would take, that could take anywhere from like three to six months or 12 months, 18 months. They were taking two, three, four, five, 
six, seven years, mm. no answer. And mm. what was happening, they were closing a lot of the um, uh, embassies in different countries, in per- particularly in black countries, mm. right? And then um, yeah. they also, in here in the United States, you know, they have the processing centers. Mm-hmm. They closed a lot of them down mm. as well. They fired a lot of people. So now you have like stack and stack of applications of immigrant applications, like citizens that were here that are applying legally for their families to come over, but it's taking forever. Yeah. You know, even I got hit with that because at the point I was trying to renew my um, status and it's the previous time, like I I came here with, uh, just to be open, um, my dad, that's how hard he worked. Usually uh, when when you sponsor a family member and they come over, They'll give them residency for like maybe three, five years. But for all six of us, plus my mom, we came here on 10-year permanent residence. Got you. Yeah. Wow. So um, we were very lucky, very fortunate. Yeah. So the first time I renewed my status, now I had the option of becoming a citizen. But, you know, I was weighing a lot of things, and it was just easier to just renew my status as a permanent resident and I did that and I did it it only took three months and then it was time to renew it again with the previous administration (laughs) it took me two years so that process like imagine like people applying for their families their loved ones even for um for like uh uh, what's it called um they have a whole show about the 90-day fiancé, gotcha. right? Yes. All of that. Oh, it's been goodness. all the applications you would put through to change not only to bring immigrants like your family from outside of the United States to the United States, but even legal immigrants that were here just to update your status. It was a nightmare. Mm. And when I saw that that was happening, one of the first things I said, I said, once I have my status, because like I couldn't, I wanted to apply for my citizenship the second time around yeah. when it came time to renew my yeah. permanent resident card. But because I was within the 12 months of, you know, that renewal period, they said, no, it's best that you renew your status so you don't become illegal. And then once you have your new green card, then you can apply for your citizenship. So I waited two years that this is a process that normally takes three months, Hmm. okay? And then once I got my new card, right, my new green card, I applied for my citizenship. Now, usually to apply for your citizenship, if you're already in the country, you're already legal, you've been paying taxes and everything like that, it could take six to eight months, maybe 12 months. It took another two years. Wow. Yeah. So that's what people don't know. So people were coming, um, rushing to the border because the legal way was broken, right? The legal process of applying for your, you know, somebody just applying for a visa by themselves or, you know, citizens, immigrant citizens that are here applying for their families back home. It's still taking forever. Wow. Ty, a picture with a thousand words, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because what she just explained... Mm -hmm. No one was articulating that when when you were watching the news. They mm-hmm. were just like these illegal immigrants are, are trying to come right. to the country. Let's get the horses. Let's let's get rid of them all. Like right. and it just it didn't it didn't make any sense as mm-hmm. to how that why they were doing it. And you know you you brought you keep bringing up the previous administration. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. it. Trump's whole platform was immigration. Right. <coughs> His whole platform was yeah. let's get rid of the immigrants. Right. Which is why you had so many people on the, the conservative side vote for him. Yeah, I mean, his platform was 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 I am, I'm a man of God, 
And we're going to get rid of these immigrants. We're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall. We're going to make them pay for it. We're going to make them pay for it. Yeah, that was the whole Make America Great Make America Great Again. So if you're going to talk about voting, if someone of that stature, that's their platform, and when they come into office, that's what they do. Everyone forget about the travel bans that he initiated when he first started. Probably the first 30 days he was in, he was putting travel bans on there. On all countries of color. It was all countries of color. It wasn't other countries he wanted. He wanted the Scandinavians and the British and that kind of, the European countries he wanted, but he did not want any of the asshole American, African countries or countries that where people that look like us live, you know? There's seven countries, about seven countries that he definitely put the ban on. And that what that did was it triggered the greatest migration of illegal immigrants. That's what and, and <laughs> so, and, and so in and, the United States. So you look at it and you it say to yourself, with that. "Yeah." And you say to yourself, "Like he, it, it was his fault." Who's to blame? The administration was to blame because if that's if that's what they did, mm-hmm. what did you expect? Right. And then so when he left um, office and Biden came on, people were like, "You know what?" This is our chance because he's, yeah. he's, he's a he's a Democrat, he's a right? So then it, it it tripled, mm-mm. and that's what you were seeing in the media, mm-mm. you know. And and it's not just in um, predominantly black countries that people were migrating in in mass migration. Um, I, I was watching this um, documentary a few um, months ago, and it, this is happening in India, yes, in all these other countries, yes. and people are making a ton and ton of money um, on that. They're paying ten, fifteen thousand dollars to come here illegally yeah mm. right if the system wasn't you know affected so bad if they weren't shutting down embassies and you know shutting down processing centers here in the united states and letting go of so many people i mean to kind of fix things i don't know if you guys were aware i, I want to say like within a year of biden coming on he had to hire 300 people in the uscis just to kind of recover from the how many people were let go? Wow! So that applications would be stale and, and just would take forever. Wow! Right mm. to process. So he had to hire about three hundred people just to. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. That that's crazy. Yeah. Because it was shut down before he had to go yeah. try to revamp it and and yeah. bring it back to what it was. Mm-hmm. Now I know he kept he's kept some of the some of the previous administration's mm-hmm. policies intact mm-hmm. but he's also added some other ones on the back end mm-hmm. with some uh executive executive um i don't know what you call them executive summaries executive orders executive orders exactly mm-hmm. executive orders he's changed some of it himself but at the same time mm-hmm. it's still a very broken system right and people when voting time comes around that that is like and I, I talk about the Republicans, but Democrats too. Democrats don't want to talk about immigration. Right. They don't want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. They they they'd rather not. You have one mm-hmm. side that doesn't want to talk about it, and one side it's all they do is talk about it. Very outspoken. Right. So <laughs> it's it's like like so where are we going to get anywhere? Right. Well, and even an equal medium to say, hey, you know, let's figure this out. Some we got to change something. Something mm-hmm. has to change. You know, I, when I was doing the, doing the research, Haiti is the number eleven country mm-hmm. for people coming into the country right. from Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. On If you look at the countries of people coming, it, Haiti's number 11. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, you know, everyone acting like, like Haitians are just, it, they're just, it's so many of them coming. Like, no, it's not a lot of Haitians. They're number 11. Mm-hmm. If the top five... Is Germany have, in there? Germany's not in there. Saudi Arabia? <laughs> no. No? No. Let's hear your list. <laughs> top five, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Obvious, right? Because right? they're neighbors. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. neighbors, 24%. <laughs> Uh-huh. What, would you guess the next country? You think? What do you think the next country would be? I'm gonna say maybe 
Cuba? No. <laughs> Survey set? Cuba is like number, Cuba is number like 15. Really? That. Yes. Oh, okay. No, you have to go, no, China. Ah, okay. India. China. Mm, yes. The Philippines. Mm. The DR. Mm. Mm. Cuba. Mm. Vietnam. Vietnam is all the way on the other side of the world. Right. El Salvador, I understand. Yeah. South Korea. Okay, I get it. Makes sense. Jamaica, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then Haiti. Yeah. And then you think about the Nigerian population here. Nigeria is number 17 mm. on, 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 the, on the, the scale of people coming into the country. Okay. You know, it, when, you, when you look at that scale, you say, okay, so it's not just, Mex- it's not just people of Mexican heritage. Right. We, have, we have people from China coming. Okay, that makes sense. There's, there are a lot of Chinese. There's probably more Chinese people in, on the planet than there are anywhere else. <laughs> so that makes sense. And India right right behind them. So mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just one demographic of people, but that's what they right. focus on. Mm-hmm. They don't focus on, oh, the Chinese are coming as well, or the right. Indians are coming. They mm-hmm. don't focus on, oh, the Philippines for that crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And the Philippines might as well be an, an American connection ally because America has spent so much time working with the Philippines over the centuries that they might as well be an American nation. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, sorry about telling my Philippines out there. I'm just saying like that, that's pretty much how we have had the relationship with them. So I always think that it's, they, they really highlight the negative aspects of the immigration process. They don't, hi- they, they highlight the illegal immigration. They don't even talk about the legal immigration. Right. Not illegal, but the legal aspect mm-hmm. of it. And they don't even talk about why it's important for these people to go through these steps. We that we want them to become citizens. Yes, right. we do. Yeah. If they if they're contributing, I don't know how many I don't know how many farms are in Florida mm-hmm. with Ron DeSantis just just changing the immigration laws down in Florida. Yeah. I don't know how many farms in Florida are suffering right now. Right. Yeah. Because of the laws that he's passed, mm-hmm. and if we going, of course, we talking about voting. So you got to go back to voting. Yeah. Why? Why would somebody like that pass these kind of laws to hinder his own economy? Mm. To make a statement on immigration. Oh my goodness! You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's what I'm. That's why we have to allow immigrants to be able to vote, right. so they can vote for their future. Yeah. If they're here serving the country and helping the country, please let them have access to these things. Please let yeah. them be able to put their own people in representation. In power, so they can be represented. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many immigration um, people from you know other countries are in Congress mm-hmm. who have become naturalized. I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I'm sure there's a good amount. I'm sure there's a good amount mm-hmm. of people who might be first generation. Their parents come from another place, and they grew up here, and they became they were able to make their way up and you know become a congressman or a senator. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like, why can't? Why is that such an issue? Why is that mm-hmm. such a problem? Why is voting for immigrants such a problem? And I think it's, you know, my bad time. No, gonna no, say? I'm going to say we're dealing with old ideologies. You know what I mean? I mean, philo- philosophies have to change. Yeah. You know, philosophies have to change. And hopefully, like, when my kids get old enough, they can appreciate that because, I mean, my, the school my kids go to is a, is a melting pot full mm-hmm. of immigrants. Mm-hmm. People, kids from kids whose parents are from all over the place. Mm-hmm. India, Bangladesh, um, Colombia. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. it's not the same. We we went to school with mostly African-American kids, right? Yeah. All Mostly black kids. Mm-hmm. They they have a melting pot. They have so many different cultures and ideologies and philosophies. So it has to be changed in the future. True. Because the, the generation behind us, they're not just regular black folk or regular you know white folk. It's a mix. It's a mixture. You know. Yeah. So you have to expose them to different things, so that they can, they can their voice can be heard as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do every voice, every vote. Like, yeah, let's really talk about why everybody should be represented the way they should. Mm-hmm. And particularly even in their local voting systems. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not national, it has to be local. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I can, if my local politician affects me more than even my, my national politician. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking that's the case. I'm rambling. I can, no. I'm going to tangent my fact. No. Go ahead, Ty. Ms. Ruth, the Haitian yes. population, mm-hmm. do they side more Republican or Democrat? Or I can't really... Mm-hmm. Answer that. I mean, according to Corinne, <laughs> Corinne, Corinne well, seems more Republican. I mean, more Democrat to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's changed over the years. Um, I think back in the day, you know, Haitians they they would just vote for whoever's Democrat. It doesn't okay. matter, <laughs> right? But now I think you know. I I think it's just be wise for people to just you know because sometimes you don't even know like. To me, you have to listen to what the person is saying. Of course. And what their policies, and then watch them even after they get into office. Yeah, what for they're sure. actually doing, because sometimes you know I, I don't think it matters anymore. Sometimes because you could say, oh yeah, I'm always I've always been a Democrat. I'm gonna vote Democrat, but then you get somebody in there and they're actually you know um, doing everything that's against your interests. You know, they're right. yeah they're changing yeah. things that's yes. actually <laughs> affecting you. So I don't think it's wise to just stick to one party. You have to listen to what this person is saying, what they're doing. And pay attention to the policies because they uh, that's a, a thing that people didn't understand what was happening with the previous administration. Everyone kept worrying about what he was going to say next, but nobody was paying attention to the to the policies that he was changing. What he was doing. Yeah, the laws he was, you know, changing. And yes. like I said, I wouldn't have known about that whole process with the USCIS un- un- until it was time for me to renew my status. And I, and I called USCIS. I said, what's going on? How come my, you know, I, I don't have my card yet. I, I had to travel. I had to go back home to Haiti. And so they actually had to have me come in. And they had to stamp my passport with an exception for me to travel without a, a full legal status because it had taken two years for me to renew my, my So my, they, had to have, they had to make some kind of remedy for that. Yeah, and the representative, she was very frank with me. She said, we are backed up. We are slammed. They kind of got rid of like half of us. Wow. So we're working overtime. And was that, was that not on purpose? The application yeah, process. I'm sure they can afford the yeah. workers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, yeah, this is the yeah. government. I'm yeah. sure they can afford to pay people. So why, why, why did they cut that staff in yeah. half? And to me, just going back to the voting, I saw that almost as like, it, I don't want to say almost, I felt like it was voter suppression because um, here I was, I'm trying to become a citizen so I can vote. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me four years, you know, um, just because I had to do two different um, applications, yeah. two different processes. Yeah. And, you know, the first one that was supposed to take three months took two years. And then I applied for my citizenship. It took another two years, wow. you know. Hold on, we're going to take a quick break. I got to do, yeah. do radio ID. You listen to WPEB Radio, 88.1 FM, 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia. Don't even worry. Don't even worry. No, we're we, we going to keep this going because she, she over here dropping some bars. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is voter suppression. Yeah. If that's, and I think you, with you bringing that up, there's so many different ways of voter suppression. Right. There's so many different avenues. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think they, they create think tanks to find more ways to suppress the vote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put it to you this way. How do you feel now about having the opportunity? Oh, my gosh. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I voted for the first time last year. 
that's dope. That's dope. She been there since she was ten, right? And she that's voted for the first time last that's, year. Yeah, I was wow. really happy. Yeah. It made you feel good. Didn't Ew, it? Yeah, it was good. And I actually had to go um, back home again around the time that it was time to vote, so I had to do my mail um, ballot. I was so happy to you know fill out the, the paperwork and drop it off. <laughs> I made sure I went directly to the post office to drop it off. But that's to what make I'm sure saying. It's, it got there. Yeah. You, you, look, time. Like time. <laughs> For time, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. You see, do you see the glee on this woman's yeah, I face? Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you see the glee on her face? Yeah. yeah. You see how happy she was about that? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm talking about. That's what that's what it that's what it does. It's mm-hmm. not a. It's the process she went through mm-hmm. to be able to have that ability to to cast her vote. Mm-hmm. She had to go through it. Mm-hmm. But we got people that live here, right here in this city, it's right here forever. in West Philly. That will not even get up. They can they can register to vote when they go get their license renewed, and still won't vote. Ty, still won't vote. Ty, like you were saying earlier, and just to add on to what you were saying, um, voting is a choice, but it's also a right. It is. It's a privilege. It is. You know. So I was happy to do it. Listen, we live we live in a democracy, you know, and and I know it's not the full capacity of what democracy should be, mm-hmm. but we live in a democracy. Mm-hmm. If you want to vote. You want to cash? You want to make sure that that your voice is heard in some kind of way. You should go vote. Mm-hmm. You should go vote. I tell you all the time. I can't be here to talk about voting, and I don't vote myself. I can't yeah. be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna vote. You know, everybody else go vote. No, I ain't going to vote. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't going to vote. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine said, like, I was talking to her about it yesterday. Lucy, shout out to Lucy again. Lucy said to me, I said, Lucy, you know, we were talking about voting. We doing, you know, we got this voting project. She said, well, you know, she said, she said, Jay, you know how I feel. I said, what? See, I feel like it's like the hamster wheel. Mm. It's like I just keep going on around, 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 around. Like it's always the same thing. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's always the same. And she, and like I said, she's first generation, mm. and that's the way she feels. But the only way we're gonna change that feeling yeah. is if we if, if we apply it to what we do. Yeah, that's the only way we're gonna change it. Yeah. Now it's not just about okay, we're just gonna cast a vote and that's it, and we just walk away and, and be cool and refined. Of course, it, it, it's more, more activism involved. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, like, dang, Ty, like, we should be able. We should. She went through a lot. Yeah. What three? What four years? You just told me yeah, pretty four much. Years, to yeah. first of all, to renew <laughs> renew your permanent status, uh-huh. and then get your naturalization, yeah. and then be able to vote. Mm-hmm. Four years, Ty. Yeah. That's a whole presidential. Sure the whole, yeah. a whole presidential yeah. cycle right there. <laughs> sure is, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a. I don't. I don't think that's a coincidence either. No, that's a whole presidential no. cycle yeah. right there. So you, it, it shows that it was voter suppression. It was mm-hmm. a plan to suppress the vote mm-hmm. nationally, yeah. because they they're thinking in their mind more immigrants will vote for Democrats. Mm-hmm. So if more immigrants are going to vote for Democrats, we're not going to let these immigrants become citizens so they can get more votes. Yeah, and let me um, also add this on um, because of when I. Ca- migrated here when my my dad migrated us here and because he was a citizen um then and I my mom when she came after a while she also became a citizen and I was still under 18 so technically under the the umbrella of things um the coverage of my parents being citizens I was considered a citizen but you have to apply for a uh, uh, a proof of citizenship right and when I went in to do that um they the price was at I think, think before 
the um, the Bush, uh, not Bush, before the um, Trump administration mm-hmm. came on, mm-hmm. it was $100 to apply for your oh. proof of citizenship. Oh, Ruth, how much was it after he came to <laughs> He hiked it up to $1,200. Oh, my goodness, Ruth. <laughs> Right, so any kid who was here before Yo. twenty, before January, I think January or February of twenty of uh, two thousand one, and both of your parents were citizen, you were automatically a citizen, but you just need a proof of citizenship in order to apply for a U.S. passport, in order to vote or whatever. So then that price went up, and um, then it was a longer process. And you needed a lot of more documents that were needed. Like I would have to go back home and, um, and like get all the archives of my parents. Like it, it, the whole thing changed, basically, to show proof of citizenship. I had to get my um, parents' uh, marriage certification. I had to get all of that. It was easier for me to apply f- um, for my naturalization, which would take longer. But both processes now, it still take a long time to get it done. And to become, uh, to do my naturalization, I think it was like 700 or something like that. But, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was so interesting. Where does this money go to? <laughs> Ty? They're charging 1200 12, Where does this money go to? Dollars, yeah. Ty. Yeah. Ty, that's somebody's rent. Right. To, to for just the for the application. And then you, you have to actually prove that you're a citizen before you get the citizen um, certification. My, parent, my so parents are both easier. citizens. My parents are both citizens. And now I'm, I'm, I'll need to prove my citizenship. And I have to pay $1,200? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It went from 100 to 1200 Right. Mm. That was with In the one Trump year. administration. That's yeah. crazy, Ty. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was a way to just discourage people to prove that you're a citizen. Right. Um, and like I said, for me, when I looked at things, I looked at the price, I looked at the the time frame. Mm-hmm. It made more sense for me to just apply for my um, for my citizenship, mm. like just naturalization. Completely. Path. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Was, but it still took forever. That <laughs> it was still by took design, two right? years. No, that time. That's yeah, by that's, that's definitely by design. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people don't know that though, mm-hmm. because I'm not an immigrant, so I, I wouldn't even be thinking about how much something like that costs. Mm-hmm. You know, I complain about register, re-registering my car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I complain about that. Like that costs too much money. Twelve hundred dollars? Yeah. Wait from one hundred dollars to twelve hundred. One hundred and twelve hundred time. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It was just to discourage people from getting it done. That's not discouraging people. That's that's <laughs> like like nah, bro. Now you ain't getting this job. <laughs> <laughs> God. That's yeah. crazy, Ty. Mm-hmm. Man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm stuck on that. You took me for that one, Ruth. Because yeah. I didn't think that... And, and that's what people were seeing that's at the border. That's All these things changing in the legal way of migrating here. Yeah. And so people were growing frustrated. And desperate. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. If my mom is here mm-hmm. and my dad is, is not here mm-hmm. and my mom wants to bring the family here mm-hmm. and I have to wait four years... To sometimes see my, 10 years. Sometimes yeah. 10 years to see my family. Yeah. What kind of destruction does, does that do to the family itself? Right. The separation, mm-hmm. the missing loved ones, the not being able to see them. Yeah, I'm sending money back home, but I'm not able to see my family. Right. So yeah. go ahead, Ty. No, no, I, I just just thinking as you were saying that uh, before they had um, those, uh, I guess they call them concentration camps where they had the kids locked inside right. the kids. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything about that. Of course you haven't. Mm-hmm. It, it, but no, you're gonna. Ty, let me tell you when you're gonna hear about it. During election time, you're gonna hear about it probably next June. Yeah. From June to November. 
That's what you'll hear and you'll see. You know, all, all them kids separated from their parents and everything. Separate, what is well, I forget what, what kind of thing they called it, but yeah. uh, kid separation and separating your kids from your family, like mm-hmm. that was that was something that they enforced, mm-hmm. which I think is barbaric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it, it, it doesn't say that we care about people. It says that we're going to separate kids from their families. Like that's that's crazy to me. Even with the, even with the governor of Texas, what he's doing down down in at the real is it the Rio Grande? Yeah, I think it's the Rio Grande. He's putting like these things in the Rio Grande, mm-hmm. so that when people try to cross it, they're 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 like barbed wires in there. Mm. There's like traps in there. Like these are people. These aren't animals. Yeah, I was about to say he's treating them mm-hmm. like they're animals. Yeah, these aren't animals. These are people just trying to come to the country for a better life, and mm-hmm. you you you're making them. Mm-hmm. You're killing them. Basically. Like you really, like that's I mean no really that really happened. I'm, I'm, a mom and a son drowned. Now they're not talking about that anymore. But this this is what I'm saying. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna use our voice to better things, we can't just better it for us. Stop being selfish. Don't be selfish and just think about yourself. Hmm. Your vote counts to helping others as well. Yeah. You yeah. know it helps. It, it counts to helping put people in office that need to address this issue. Because right. as much as they say well, immigration is an issue, it needs to be reformed. Nobody's doing it, Mm -hmm. so let's change it. Yeah, and that's another. uh, That's a thing. I think you know. uh, I remember in school, um, uh, in high school, I I couldn't vote yet, right? (laughs) But I remember helping. um, There was this uh, group uh, that were going out there and encouraging people to vote. So I did what I could. You know, I helped with the paperwork, Mm -hmm. the flyers, whatever. Um, But, you know, a lot of people, they are under the impression that their vote don't count. You yeah. know, that was a lot of the things we would get back, like the feedback yeah, that yeah, my vote don't that count. Is, that is, but that's 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 a, the saying that it always goes. I'm right, sorry. it's not true. Your vote does count, and also I don't think it's just okay. Yeah, you vote, but you also have to, after you vote, whoever gets into office, you have to. They have to be held accountable for you know the things that they said they were going to yeah. do, <laughs> and watch what again going back to watch what they're doing, the policies that they, they're changing or they're implementing. Yeah, she took the words out of my mouth because uh, that's my that's my that's my yeah. slogan. You have to hold them accountable. accountable you got to put yeah. their feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. You voted them in. It, it's not that my vote doesn't count. You don't value your vote as much as you should. Mm-hmm. Because I tell people this all the time. I had an issue with Mary Scanlon, who's a congressman here in PA. Not an issue with her. I had an issue with Social Security. And I wrote her a nice letter. And I explained to her, well, a nice email, not a letter. <laughs> I explained to her, like, look, I have I felt like I've been let down, not just by by Social Security Administration, but by your office as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure next election I'm not voting for you. <laughs> That's what I told her. Mm-hmm. Straight out right. I'm pretty sure I'm not voting for you. My response was, she called, I got a phone call right then and there. Hey, Mr. Lee. Hey, um, uh, yeah. Let me uh, let me talk to you about that. You know, and they changed their whole tune because I had to hold their feet to the fire. Not that she wasn't doing her job, but they weren't doing their job, mm-hmm. and she has to advocate for me and vouch for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm not voting. <laughs> you know, I'm not voting mm-hmm. for you next time. If I can't get this situation taken care of, I'm not doing. It. That's how you hold them accountable. Yeah. You tell them that your vote is worth, for them, your vote is worth their power. Mm. If they want to be in a powerful position as a politician, Mm -hmm. they have to get your vote. They need it, yeah. They need it. Mm -hmm. This is even more than currency, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. Yeah. Because we think about how much money, 
our vote changes laws. Right. The laws dictate where the money goes. Yeah. So if we're not voting properly, what are we doing? Yeah, that's why you see all these commercials um, uh, right before an election, right? And yeah. they're trying to bombard you with information. And, 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 and you know, that's the thing. You have to, you ever take a class and like, it's, it's kind of like, take, for me, it's like taking a class, Ruth, Mm-hmm. And you 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 at the end of it, and you come to the final exam, and you binge on everything. You, right. well, you cram, as they call it, yeah. right? You cram everything you can to learn in that study session, and then you take the test. Right. Opposed to the whole time in those three months in that semester, mm-hmm. you're learning, right. you're putting, you you're you know being spoon fed all the information. So by the time it's over, you're able to vote properly. Mm-hmm. They don't from the from the from the time they get elected in January. To the next election that comes up two years later in, in, in November, I'm talking about really like Congress people, right, and senators. Mm-hmm. That time should be spent educating your constituents, mm-hmm. talking to your constituents about what laws are being passed, mm-hmm. how this is going to affect them, and why it's important for them. Why it's important for them to pay attention to these things. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, and then you scream, "My vote don't count." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you making them accountable? How about you make your vote count? Not my vote doesn't count. Not mm-hmm. you giving them the you giving them your power right back. My vote mm-hmm. don't count. It don't count. I hear this all the time. Well, yeah, your vote don't count because you ain't making it count. Because <laughs> you didn't vote. If you didn't right, <laughs> your vote don't count because you didn't make it count. And mm-hmm. it's it's not just I go f- put my name on a or fill these names out on a ballot and get a sticker that says I voted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's way more than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and 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 as Ruth sat here so gleefully and said <laughs> how excited she was to vote. First time, I'm yeah. like, yo, <laughs> she came in when she was 10. You yeah. know, granted, her, her roots are Haitian, but she's as American as anybody else. Yeah. So she should have the right to, to be as gleeful as she was to go put her vote. She didn't have to go to the polls. Yeah. She did exactly whatever, what, what you should be. If, yeah. you're headed, if you're headed of the game, mm-hmm. you're going to vote early. You ain't got to go stand in line, time. <laughs> you can go put it in the mailbox, yeah. go to the post office and drop yes. it off, and then it counts. So I don't want to hear nobody telling me, oh, my vote don't count. <laughs> yeah, you're not making it count. That's what it is. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Listen, you're not making it count because you better earn, put, put them feet to the fire. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. So now that you voted, Ruth, right. what are some changes you would like to see? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a lot. Um, first, one of the things that, you know, uh, I'm going to start local, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In Philadelphia, I, I came um, from Haiti and we were fortunate enough to be in public school, I mean, private schools back home. But when we came here, we were in public school and it was, like I said, I, I experienced a cultural shock. Um, you know, if anybody's been through the Philadelphia School District, you kind of already yeah. know where I'm heading with that. <laughs> you know, I found that, you know, yes, I was, you know, it was a privilege to be here, to be learning English, to, you know, have so many opportunities and everything like that. But you could see there was a great, great uh, difference between the inner city schools and the schools like that were right next door to us in, you know, in the burbs. Mm. So, you know, and then after I graduated high school, it, it was so shocking to me to see that every year the school district of Philadelphia is losing funding and it, things are getting worse and worse mm. um, to the point where, you know, I'm not a, I mean, there's, a lot of sides to it, mm-hmm. but you know you have a lot of the um, 
prep mastery schools, you mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, charter schools, I should mm-hmm, say, right, mm-hmm. popping up, which is great. But you know, their selections of students, yes, going, it, it's very limited. Yeah. So then you have a lot of kids that are still left in the school district. Yeah. That basically, it's it, it's, and I remember um, my when I was in high school, I was fortunate enough. Um, they rolled out at the time early college um, high schools. Gotcha. I don't know if you guys yeah, heard yeah. about that. My, I was my, fortunate. My, Max' wife had got her degree from yeah. high school. And one of, <laughs> one of yeah, I I I started working towards my associate's degree in high school. In high school, right? Yeah, which was great. Yeah, you know, I took advantage of that, and that went away for a lot of the schools in Philadelphia. Which was crazy. Yeah. And that just kind of opened up because at the time they were testing it and they were testing in Philadelphia. So I was privileged enough to be part of it. Then it kind of got went away, but it's still very vibrant and going on for like other school districts in the burbs. It is. And it was a program to help kids um, in the inner city the way it started to help kids in the inner city. Right. Of Philadelphia. To, because what was, what was happening was kids were graduating and they were going to college and then they were realizing they were not prepared for college mm-hmm. and they would drop out. Mm-hmm. And so it was to encourage inner city kids to get, give them a taste of what high college is like yeah. and to encourage them. And so they know what to expect already. Yeah. So they their graduation uh, rate will increase. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that was the goal. Um, so I was just like, I'm still shocked how things are just like great. It's, like my daughter right yeah. now, I'm still in Philadelphia, but you know, I, I was very, you know, skeptic know. about putting her in the public school. school system, yeah, yeah, so I'm actually, she's actually in a private school, you Listen. know, which mm-hmm. I, I really like, but it's really sad because I have a school right up the street from me. Right, so you, but want, I can't really, you can't, you can't yeah, put her there. No, yeah. I mean, I'm right there yeah. with you. I put my daughter in, I, I moved to Upper Darby to mm-hmm. make sure my daughter had a better school system. Right. Now, I know Upper Darby might not be the greatest. Yeah, but it's better than Philly. It's better than right, Philly, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that any day yeah. of the week. But you said something <laughs> that was key. She says, you know, you know, I came here when I was young, so I had a bit of culture shock. Mm-hmm. Ty, she had a culture shock when she came from another country. Mm-hmm. I had a culture <laughs> shock when I moved from DC. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's my, that was my culture shock, okay? Yeah, like down the street around the Listen, corner. Listen, down the street around the corner, right. So you, I, don't move, I don't move from the three hours away up the, up the road. And I, you talk about a culture shock. Completely different than what, than what I was expecting. So, no, I can completely relate to what, yeah. how you feel about that. Yeah. And, and, yes, I'm, I'm the son of an educator. My mom was a teacher for 25 years in D.C. Mm-hmm. public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I take education very highly. Right. Um, my kid's mom does as well. I think mm-hmm. that's just the foundation for at least particularly in our culture right. for our advancement. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation. It ain't sports. It ain't playing basketball. It ain't mm-hmm. playing football. Mm-hmm. It's education. Right. And, it, when it, and it's not just education. It's being educated. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just say education and somebody give you a curriculum that's not benefiting you. Okay. I mean, education that's that's educating the kids and making them better people, making them more informed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's not something that's prominent in the Philadelphia School District. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to actually talk to the superintendent back on Juneteenth mm-hmm. um, about just why Juneteenth was important in the school district. Mm-hmm. But I could tell he he wasn't he probably he was a superintendent somewhere else, but. Mm-hmm. You can tell he was overwhelmed. Mm. You can tell he was overwhelmed, just like the superintendent before him was overwhelmed. And as you said, they are cutting. I, I, I always wonder, mm-hmm. like, who's make, who's the control of making decisions to say that we need to cut back on schools? Right. Yeah. yeah. Schools is what we need to cut back on. So you cut back on schools, guess what? Their violence increases. Mm. 
because if you cut back on schools, where are these kids going to go? What are they going to yeah. do? Not only are they cutting back on them, they're shutting some of them down. Yeah, Ty, a lot of them. We, yeah. we had we have Robosky. Robosky was on here and say, what was it? Emot- not Emotep, was it? Was it Emotep? No, no. it was, um, I forget the name of the Bach. school. Bach. Bach. South Philly. Mm-hmm. It shut Bach down. Bach, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the science behind or the econ- the the economic idea behind shutting cutting first of all cutting the school budget and then closing schools. Right. What what you know what are you what are you telling me? <laughs> education is not a priority. Yes, right. education is not a priority. Yeah. But I, so if education is not a priority, but I guess you think violence is a priority. So you you cut that you cut the schools, but you increase the police force. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And then what what's happening is you know uh, more and more jobs are asking for more and more skills, more and more education. So when <laughs> when we're when we're doing this, so essentially the kids that are in those areas, you're basically squeezing them in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That, what, I mean, what are their options? Well, how, how are they yeah. going to succeed? Yeah. What, what is exactly. their What are their options for success? Right. If they're if it's not. If they don't have opportunity for it, mm-hmm. or the programs that say you were a part of, right. or say that that uh, other kids are, that were you know in your grade or before you were a part of, mm-hmm. and they don't have the same opportunities, yeah. what do you think is going to happen to them? Yeah, they're going to fall behind. Right, they're not going to get ahead. Yeah, and and they're going to they're going to be stuck in manual st- jobs. St- stuck in manual yeah. jobs, frustrated, yeah. out here robbing, stealing, and cheating just right. to get what they need yeah. to survive. Exactly. Yeah, more so now is like fast food. Family dollar store. That's yes. What that's right. what, that's what, yeah. those are the exactly. opportunities. Yeah, the yeah. opportunities. As they as they would say, retail jobs. Yeah. Right. But should I work a retail job? Is if they want to really call it retail. <laughs> 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 you want to talk about retail? I you know what I mean. But um, it, it's it's not. There's not opportunities provided. Mm-hmm. And as Ty asked you, you know, now that now that you're able to vote, what were some things you want to change? And the first yeah. thing she thought about was education. Yeah. yeah. You know, like because she, cause she's a mom. That's, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing, right there. You know, it's yeah. definitely the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure she probably feels that if, if the school district was better and she didn't have to pay for private school, she right. would be much more beneficial. Mm-hmm. You know, be, she could save some money. You know? be, yeah, save some money for college, money. right? Exactly. Because <laughs> college, yeah. college is around the corner. Before yeah. you, my daughter's eight, ten, ten years ago, like that. Exactly. I, before I'm looking at it, she, exactly. she ready to go to school. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Like, and the and cost I, of college is yeah, increasing every year. Yeah. In ten years, yeah. the cost of college would probably go about another 50000 up. Yeah. And, and that's just a sad part about yeah. it. You know, um, yeah, I could that that's that's crazy. What other what other elements we, do you think that you know you would want to change besides education? Um, definitely, uh, what we're talking about today, immigration, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Talk yeah, about it, especially with my experience with you know, like I said, just recently renewing my status and being able to become a citizen so I can vote. I, yeah. I just I was so upset, but I just remained patient because I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna wait. Yeah. I was still shocked that, you know, every day I would check my USCIS account. Like, okay, no, not today, not today. It's <laughs> but like, wait, I just had to be patient. Wait yeah. Waiting on a direct right. deposit to come. They tell you it was coming, but it ain't here Yeah, yet. right. <laughs> yeah. That definitely needs to be be, be fixed, yeah. you know. Do you, um, think, do you think it should be, immigration should be handled more on a local basis than a, than a, a, a federal basis? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that will do any good because then you, um, – if you do that, well, you're saying like um, being handled by the state. Yeah, I mean, it, with, with federal support, but right. handled by the state. Well, because then every state has that its own law. Yeah, that's the, that's the so that's where you, you know, certain states are not so immigrant friendly. Listen, but know? that's my point. Certain <laughs> states are not immigrant. You talk about Texas. You talk about Florida. Right. Texas so. is, is sending their, their immigrant population 
up to Boston and Chicago and Philly and mm-hmm. DC. So it's yeah, like so I, I don't know. I don't know. How, like there are uh, Nebraska, yeah, Arizona, yeah, mm-hmm. North Dakota, and Arizona Ohio. should be ashamed of themselves because Arizona is right next to the yeah. border. So they they yeah. should be they should know better. But yeah, no, that's that's so education and immigration, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, two yeah. two things that that are prominent for you in in, right. in your life, yeah, yeah. for sure, of for sure. And of course, right now the economy, the way it's going, the cost of living going up, yeah, and you know, minimum wage is still you know just dragging its feet. <laughs> so all these things. Yeah, you I tell know, a, a Ruth, yeah. I tell every guest that comes know. on, I'm gonna tell you at my political platform. You know my <laughs> political platform. <laughs> you know my political platform. My political f- platform is four day work week. Twenty-five dollars an hour. That's the All minimum right. wage. That's okay. that's my platform. You know, I ain't running. I ain't running for office. Don't put my name on the ballot. But that's that's what. Yeah, that's my political platform. That's mm-hmm. everybody. That's yeah. my thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get yeah. a shirt. That's what it says. Yeah. Four day I work mean, week. Twenty-five dollars an hour. To us, you know, <laughs> here in America, this sounds crazy, right? But there are a lot of countries that are actually doing so much better Ruth, when yeah. it comes to like work-life balance, Ruth. family, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, my mom, after we came here, she didn't want us to forget the our language. We, I guess I should have said that as one of the things that you know she did to keep us, you know, more, you that's know, so what, we don't lose our roots. You'll lose but, your roots. <laughs> yeah, that's she would preserve that culture. <laughs> she would ship us to Canada. That's um, my <laughs> every and summer. She took it from me. Because I was going to ask you about that, about because I've been yeah. to Quebec, yeah, and I, I, Quebec is for the whole summer. Listen, yeah, for the whole summer. Yeah, you, you want to lose your language? Quebec, Montreal, Quebec. Mo- yeah. Montreal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Go to Quebec. I wish I could call my boy right now and be like, "Yo, just just speak some French, bro. Speak some French." <laughs> my man, my man, Reg. Um, right. And I, I went when I, I went to Quebec when I was in sixth grade. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm going to tell everybody I went to an international school. I tell okay. Thomas all the time, so I was exposed to French early. Mm-hmm. Fifth grade. Wow. Speaking, I'm yeah, you were telling me. Telling about mm-hmm. this. So I, I've I've been able to learn a lot about French culture, mm-hmm. um, not Haitian culture, right. but French culture. Right. And I, I separate that because th- you have to There's separate. There's a difference. It. There's yeah. a difference. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I got to actually go to Canada, mm-hmm. and stay with a family for a week with my my best friend. Wow. Everyone, we all speaking French. We're learning the, the <laughs> you know, the, the the Montreal way. I remember it just it was like smacked me in the face, like yo, I'm six years old in Canada. I mean, I'm twelve years old in Canada, uh-huh. in sixth grade. I'm like, this is crazy, <laughs> but the experience really opened me up to to know that yes, that would be a place to a, a quick place to be able to send your kids. Yeah, okay. they, you have fam- your mom we have family. family. Yeah, we have family. I would I would assume there. that. Yeah. Yes, I would assume every that. summer she'll send us there. Um, for the whole summer, we'll come yeah. back like a week before school starts. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's and awesome. In Canada, like uh, they're like really family oriented. Oh, Canada! Yeah, they shut down everything early. Shout you out know, to the people Canadians. are not like working like Shout out twenty four seven and everything like that. So, yeah. like, just our neighbor, just right up, you know, up there in the north, yeah. they're doing things a little different. Ty, I'm telling yeah. you, uh, overnight shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Canada, Canada is a whole different monster. Yeah, after a certain time, especially towards the weekend. If you didn't get whatever you needed, you're done. You're here for you're you're waiting till Monday. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't, ain't no right. ain't no on yeah. demand whenever you want it. Yeah. Like, right. It's it's just a different way of life. Yeah. Even though they're a border away from us, it's just mm-hmm. a different way. If you lived in Detroit, mm-hmm. you could be in Canada in, in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. So I'm always wondering, like like the benefits of Canada, because you don't see a lot of Canadians immigrant to America. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. But when Trump got in the office, you know what you saw? You saw a lot of Americans go to Canada mm-hmm. because they just was like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. not going for this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, that's to say that's to say by itself. We, America always screams we're the greatest country in the world, but mm-hmm. the country right next to us, right above us, 
Some people are like, I ain't going down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things about um, Canada, I don't know, I'm not saying to implement this right, you know, right away, but I just no, think that it speaks value. Well, just say it. Um, <laughs> no, um, it's certain um, fields, certain industries you're in, um, maternity leave is like a year to two years. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what would you say? We don't mean to implement that now. Is that what you said? Um, what I'm saying? Because I know, I mean, the Haitian. Nah. No, I'm sorry. The American nah. culture is different. Forget, no, know? no. That's not it's, American it's culture. A, it's that's capitalism. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. no. You mean, but, you and, mean and slavery. I, I'm not trying to, you know, because I, I think there are a lot of things that are good, you know, yes. about the way things are set up. Like, hey, if you want to work and kill yourself at. You can do it. Like, you know what I mean? If that's that, you know, yeah, you have that freedom. You know, you you get to choose. Do you you want to work? Do you want to work 24 hours? And some people, some people. Oh my God. Some people, you know, they, Americans don't like to be told what to do. Come on now. In general, right? And I've so never, some people, if you yeah. tell them, no, you, you can't work 24 7, they're going to say, no, that's my right. <laughs> I've never heard it put out like that. I've never heard it put like that. Like, if you want to kill yourself, if you can kill yourself and work. Right. That's the American way, right? You can't tell somebody they can't do something, which is great because that's what makes America what it is, right? We have to acknowledge that, right? Americans, they, you know, of course, what we were saying, we all came here at a different point in time, but we're all immigrants. Yeah. But they came in. They built something that is amazing, right? Yeah. We're the number one country in the world, and you know, at least we think we are. Yeah, like there's a lot of things that you know we take for granted. You know, in general, especially me coming over here as an immigrant. For I can sure. tell you that, right? For Americans, sure. there. You guys are. We talk about you know people being privileged. Yeah. <laughs> Americans in general are, yeah, we, we are privileged. highly we privileged. privileged. Right? We don't have to worry about running water. No. You don't have to worry about any stuff like that. No, right? You just go and you know it, just like your morning routine. You don't have to think about that much, right? You mm-hmm. we got that down packed. But for you, some people, your expectations are yeah. going to be there. You know you you know you can exactly. take a shower. Yeah. You know your lights are going to be on. Exactly. You know your gas is going to be. And on. you have rights. Right. You, you have, have rights. rights. Even yeah. if you can't pay your bills, you know there's a process. You know they can't just come and shut things down. You right. know, and then even if they do, you can call and there are programs available if you have someone who's sick like you come on it's it's an amazing system you know we can talk about what's not good but we have to i have to give credit where credit is due that's, that's, you know i mean that's gangster uh, and 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 i appreciate you doing that and not you know having it be one sided you yeah. definitely got to have both sides exactly. you know, not to be biased or unbiased right but at the same time like like roof you just said you just said you have the right to kill yourself right. if you want to. Like, yeah, I mean, like have, <laughs> come on. If you want to work two, three jobs, and some people do. They work two, yeah. three jobs. They Listen. start businesses. And, yeah. again, it's also part yeah. of the privilege. Like I said, one of the things I always say um, I, when I'm speaking to young people that are, like, uh, that are, that's migrated here and they're playing around, they don't want to take it for, uh, uh, you know, They've taken it for granted. Yeah. What I say is, even someone who's rich in Haiti, someone who is homeless here in the United States have more rights than them. Mm. You know, because it's what's here. It's amazing, really, when you really look at it. You know. And I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, because. You know, there's so many aspects sometimes that as African Americans we feel like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not the greatest. You know, it's not. It's yeah, not there are a lot of that. things to complain about. Yeah. But the level of resources that yeah. is available to a homeless person here. Yeah. 
compared to compared to other nations. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, you're completely right. Yeah. You are completely right. Yeah, exactly. You're completely right. And and I I don't think we look at it we don't appreciate it that much. Mm -hmm. You know, we just look at it like, you know, it's so bad. It's it's horrible for black people out here. But you're right, to to Mm -hmm. the aspect of we do have privileges. Right. And we do have things we can take advantage of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do have more opportunities than other people in other exactly. countries. Exactly. Which is why they come here. This mm-hmm. is the land of opportunity, land of milk and honey, you know? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, why why don't we take advantage of it, Ty? Mm-hmm. Education tells us not to because we're not taught to. We're not taught mm-hmm. to take advantage of it. Yeah, we're not. We're not. And, I, I, and education, not just schooling. Mm-hmm. Not just schooling. I'm mm-hmm. talking about family education too, because your example shows that mm-hmm. you know. So it 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 starts it starts with with the roots, your roots, yeah. to yeah. say that you mm-hmm. have the, to take advantage of those opportunities. Now I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Like I, I I think about you talk about struggle, and I tell mm-hmm. a story all the time about my mom and how she got me into private school. She she walked up these steps, pregnant with my younger brother. She walked up these long this long flight of steps, mm-hmm. and we my school sits on a hill. And it's like a probably about four, maybe about twenty acres of land, but it sits on this hill mm-hmm. in D.C. And she tried to get my older brother in there, and she couldn't. But she was determined to get me in there. Mm-hmm. She walked up this hill and got me in this school. Mm-hmm. I was in the fifth grade. Never paid a dime for a school that today costs fifty thousand dollars to go to every year. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're right opportunity is there mm-hmm. it's just a matter of whether we take advantage of it yeah. or if we have parents that are adamant about making sure we take advantage of those opportunities yeah and i think that's where it starts it has it has to be something where we teach our, our kids mm-hmm. like you know i could my daughter gets older i can explain to her like hey there are people in this country who come from other countries that don't have the same opportunities you do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is this is why you need to take advantage of it mm-hmm. you know it's why you take advantage of your schooling and I mean that's that's the foundation of us not telling those stories, right. not telling your family story, mm-hmm. not not having the experience your family had because you value the journey, right? In, immensely value it. Mm-hmm. We kind of look at the journey as as a crutch, not a crutch, but but something that holds us back. Mm. You know, you look at it as something that uplifts you and push you forward. We look mm-hmm. at it as something that's like, dang, well, we can't get ahead. You know, like that's yeah. how that's how we look at it. So the mm-hmm. the perspectives are different and the ideals are different, but the opportunity is the same. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And yeah. let me be very honest and very open. Um, I've, you know, I don't want to say, okay, so coming here as an immigrant, right? Okay, I am a black woman in America, right? Um, so I don't never look at myself like, oh, well, I'm not African American or something like that, right? Because if a police officer pulls me over, I'm black. You're black, right. no matter what. Before <laughs> right. you start talking, they, they're not going to be like, oh, she's Haitian. Right. No, she's so, she like a black woman. Yeah, I've experienced racism. I'm not going to talk about that. But what was shocking to me is that sometimes I experience the difference um, or the way I've, I, certain people have made me feel just because I'm an immigrant and I've come and I've ex- accomplished so much. And sometimes, you know, people in my own community, like, you know, black people, they're like, oh, you've come here and you're taking advantage of whatever. I, I mean, you guys have heard of it. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. the whole talk yeah. about, oh, you know, we have a lot of immigrants coming here taking our jobs. Right. <laughs> my problem with that is like, they act as if like immigrants are coming here and, and are taking the top jobs, right? No. Most immigrants come here, especially. Of, when you come, when you migrate as a full adult, we're taking like the 
small jobs. Taking a remedial job. Anything we can get. Any anything right. that's handed to you, yeah. you're gonna take. It, yes. it takes a while before some like a immigrant comes and take the top job at a company, mm-hmm. right? It takes a, a long time. You know, so I, I think it's something that's been fed to divide people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people buy into it, especially. But I was shocked that in the black community, that people would say that to me. Yeah, yeah. you know, we and did. Oh, I'm sorry, no, finish. no, no. no Wait, I was just going to say finish. it's something that you know, when the next time the news or the media or wh- whoever is coming to you and telling you that immigrants are taking your job, it's a propaganda, right? Yeah, it's and, great propaganda. For yeah, sure. and not only that, you know, it, that's how you know most politicians work. They prey on your fear. If they can create fear inside of you, then they're going to get you to do something that you wouldn't normally wouldn't do. So that is, that is a lie, right? There are no immigrants coming off, especially illegal immigrants, right, yeah. coming off the boat and stealing your job. My thing is... <laughs> <laughs> My thing is, think about it. If an immigrant who doesn't speak English can come and take your job, yeah. then that makes me think, how hard are you working? No, that's, the, that's the truest <laughs> statement. Huh? I, I have a friend, he does landscaping. He has a landscaping business. And years ago, he would go to uh, Home Depot because immigrants would be outside of Home Depot. Right. You know, you can go get like three or four of them and go yeah. fix up a house. Yeah. Right. So now when he goes back there, they be like, no, we, we don't need you now. We have our own trucks. <laughs> right, yeah, you know? yeah. They figured out the game. Yeah, they, they need help in the beginning, yeah. but they figure it out yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now they're coming yeah. out there getting their people yep. right. and getting them jobs. And getting them yeah. jobs. And setting them up. And setting them yeah. up. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, they, yeah. and, and they go through the process of becoming legal yeah. immigrants. Yes. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's real. Right. That's real. Wow. Yeah, it's just a fear that they're spreading. They 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 prey on people's fear. That's why you, you ever see those commercials. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. those ads. It's oh, always yeah. like, oh my gosh, this oh, is yeah. are they coming. gonna do this? Don't and let the person you, you know, but yeah. those people mm-hmm. on the other side, on the conservative side, they they eat that up. Right. They believe that yeah. as truth and fact. Yeah. But they don't they don't understand that none of that is true. Right. It's, it's literally propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like you said, preying on fears. Yeah. Which is what they do. Yeah. And I, I think that's that is the highlight of their platform. Mm-hmm. Let's prey on everybody's Fear. fears. Yeah. Let's not let's not talk about the facts. Yeah. yeah let's no. not talk about let's what just they're doing. Scare everybody. Let's just scare let's scare them all yeah. into voting for us. Right. And mm-hmm. it's an intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can make you afraid of something, mm-hmm. then I can make you vote for something that you're right. afraid of. Yeah. Or vote against something you're afraid of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that, like you said, uh, we're, we're not an, an, a well-informed bunch mm-hmm. as Americans. We're not really well-informed about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Nor, do we, nor do we like to decipher mm-hmm. different, um, different messages. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. But as much as they prey on their fears, mm-hmm. and I say we're, 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 a lot of us are uninformed, there are some of us who are clearly informed. Right. Some of us who clearly know that mm-hmm. this is all propaganda. Right. There's a large majority of us who don't. Yeah. But there's a clear clear indication of, of all this stuff you're feeding us. Hey, bro, we're not stupid. Yeah. Okay? We're, we're not dumb. Yeah, just ask yourself when you hear a message, especially when it comes to um, messages about um, voting, um, what is this person trying to invo- uh, uh, invoke in me, right? And, and you know, you, as an ind- individual, you need a spirit of discernment or else you're going to be used and abused. 
<laughs> right? Like, why is this person telling me this? Why are they coming to me? What are they trying to awaken in me? What emotions are they trying to make me feel fearful? Yeah. Anybody trying to make you make a decision because you are fearful is most likely taking advantage of you. They have a, a, a an agenda, right? And that's what you see in the media right that's before exactly it's time to see. vote. Yep. Yeah. That's how, that's how they got a lot of those immigrants to get on that bus down in Texas, and they sent mm-hmm. them up to all, all the... Liberal cities, mm-hmm. they had people that were praying that would be praying down, praying on fe- on their fears. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I know you're not going to find any opportunities down here, so you need to get on this bus. And they got plenty of opportunities yeah. up in, in Chicago. That's what they're doing. They're praying on these people's fears. Mm-hmm. People are f- afraid already. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. I'm, I don't want to talk about that mm-hmm. anymore. That's, that makes me feel very. Yeah. You know, you, you talk. You say, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. I see those commercials. It makes me angry. Right. Not angry at. At the situation or what or what it is is angry at the politicians. Like, right. why do you keep yeah. why do you keep trying to Instill brainwash fear, these people? Yeah, yeah like yeah. that these this whatever you're saying is true. Yeah. The immigrants are coming here, taking your job. Yeah. You need to do this. Yeah. You need to do that. Yeah. They're gonna take this away from you. Yeah, I, I yeah. could clear fact before yeah. the show is over. I um I know that you know with Israel, Israel and Hamas right now and that war going on yeah. and that situation. People, um, no, you're you're good. Believe me, Ruth, you're fine. You know, there was a young there was a young boy who was who was his mom and he were attacked mm-hmm. by somebody, mm-hmm. and they were pretty much attacked because of the propaganda they were fed. Wow. You know, the person that did it was fed a lot of propaganda from the conservative side, and they ended up committing horrific crimes. And I say I like to say that, you know, these politicians, our vote matters. Not just for us, but for our immigrant brethren, because for them, they're in harm's way because of what what is being said. You know, their vote matters because they have to get these people out of this situation. They have to get these people that are putting these immigrants type of stigmas Mm -hmm. on top of their political program on a political platform. Mm -hmm. They need to get out of office because they're messing up for everybody. So if you don't vote, this is going to continue to happen. Mm -hmm. These things are going to continue to happen. The negativity is going to continue to happen. The separation, the division is going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I say I like to say, like, family, like, you know, you see immigrant brethren, hey, cheer them on. Push them <laughs> on. You know, they probably do the same back to you. Like, we all in this together. We all got to coexist. You yeah. know, we might have some, you might have some immigrant neighbors that you, don't, that you don't know. But I bet you if you get to know them, you'll find out where they're from. Yeah. You'll learn so much more about them. Yeah. And because even though we come from different nations, we're all people. Yeah. And we all we all want to have families. We all want our kids to be right. protected. We all want to have good health mm-hmm. and make enough money to survive. Yeah. Am I right or am I wrong? Right. Right. That is right. across the board. No matter what it is, if you live in this country, those are the, the basic qualities that you want to have, the foundation of what you want. Right. And if if you don't have that, then we're all struggling. Yeah. You know, so we all have to like support each other on that. Yeah. I support all my immigrant brethren because I've met some people that are from other countries that have expanded my paradigm beyond mm. what I can believe. Mm. Yeah. And I, I thank them for that. So I'll never be like, I don't want an immigrant here. Are you kidding yeah. me? Give me some <laughs> of that Haitian food. <laughs> all right? You know, I like to eat. I know you see I like to eat. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. let me let me try something different. Let me expose yeah. myself to yeah. something different. Mm. Um, let me I- introduce my kids to something different. Right. Mm. You know, let me let me just... Let me have a different world. Yeah. Let me learn some different culture. Let me embrace a different language. Yeah. You know, let me do all of that because I'm a better person yeah. for that. 
Yeah. You know? And, and your view, the reason why you have that view, because you've had the experience of, you know, um, interacting with, you yeah. know, immigrants. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, but if somebody who's never interacted with in, immigrants, they just in their community and they turn on the news, Im, uh, uh, immigrants are coming in, taking your jobs. Yep. They're coming in here illegally. Yep. They're committing crimes. Yep. You know, they're criminals. Then now you have this, you know, this if you are not, you know, I don't want to say smart enough, but if you are not, you know, uh, if what's the best word I could use here? If you're not, um, I guess, yes, yeah, smart enough to say, you know what? Let me think for myself. Yeah. Let me do some research. Yeah. Let me look at the numbers. Let me look at the numbers. Let what me look at the statistics. Say? Like how many immigrants are coming here are really causing crimes, or you know, our crimes are really going up. You know, yeah. it doesn't make sense yeah. what they're telling me. It it it, in, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't add up. Yeah. But I don't I don't think sometimes people in their world they rather just say one plus one is three. Yeah, it's easier. It's easier to just let somebody else do the thinking it, for them. It's much was, easier. Yeah. It's much easier. They can just chat piggy, piggyback off of you can chat everything. GPT everything yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. You know. And what's funny is most of the people that I said that's come up to me and that would say something like that something negative like that usually they're repeating exactly what you hear in the, in the news yeah. that's exactly what it is where you hear that yeah. at? you heard that this morning didn't you what was that fox you heard right. that on fox somewhere yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean nah, i'm right there yeah. with you i'm right there yeah. with you yeah, but some people it's hard to think they don't want to think yeah right. you know? some I people want to think about that they, they don't yeah. like no yeah. this they, exactly like this what we're talking yeah. about oh it's too deep for them yeah, it's, too right. deep. it's too deep this is too yeah. deep for me like mm-hmm. bro this is what you experience every day talking mm-hmm. about something's too deep yeah but listen, we we gotta wrap this show, <laughs> and and I can't believe that Ruth came on today and dropped these bars, Ty, yeah. as she did. <laughs> I am so honored, and we're so humble that you came on tonight because you gave us different perspectives to to your experience as an immigrant, now mm-hmm. as a naturalized citizen, mm-hmm. now as a person who voted for the first time right. in the last election. <laughs> listen, that is exactly. Why we do every voice, every vote. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that from you. Mm-hmm. And for you to share that, I, I greatly, Ty, greatly yeah. appreciate you mm-hmm. just even doing that tonight. Mm-hmm. Is, there some, is there something you want to say to the people before we go? Oh, first of all, thank you for inviting me yes. um, and making me feel welcome and giving me this platform to share my experience. Um, I think we covered a lot today. I mean, yes. <laughs> there's a lot to <laughs> marinate over. So I think <laughs> that's enough for today. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love her, man. Yeah, that's enough for today. Yeah. I feel you. Ty, something you yeah. want to say to Ruth before we let her go, man? Ruth, when you run for the government seat <laughs> to change education and immigration laws, I will vote for you. Awesome. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I have your vote. Right. Have, have that vote. Listen. <laughs> Listen, family, you know, each each and every show, we want to make sure we, we inform you as well as edu- entertain you at the same time. And I pray that this this episode was was unlike, you know, was like all the other ones where we give you information you might not have. I know I learned a lot tonight yes. um, just from Ruth and her experience and in her research that she does herself. Thank you, Ruth, because people always look at us like we, me and Ty do our research. People are like, y'all do research on that? People are like, yeah, we do research on it. So for you to come on and drop your bars and your knowledge about it, do your research, mm-hmm. I'm honored and greatly, you know, greatly appreciate you. That that chair was always welcome for you to come anytime oh. you want. You definitely always come back. Awesome. Talk about anything you want to talk about. <laughs> but um, um, I just want to say to the family out there, thank y'all for listening each and every week. Thank y'all for tuning in to Jimmy Bond's podcast right here at WPEB Radio, 88.1 FM, 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia. Um, me and Ty have been pushing this for a minute. We are so humble and thankful for you guys to listen each and every week. Um, so I'm going to say until the next episode, you can find me on Good Hope Road, screaming, stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. For my man Jimmy Bai, Jimmy Bond, Jimmy Bai, good my God, do I lie. For my boy Ty. <laughs>
My girl Ruth. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and we out. Peace. Thank you. Good night.